This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Good morning, everyone. What a build-up. Oh, my gosh. So it's uh, absolutely fantastic to be with you uh, this morning. Not only have we been friends of Ruth and Phil for <clears throat> many years. You won't believe how many years, because you wouldn't think that we were that old. But we are. And uh, not only are they fantastic friends of ours, we go back a really long way, but also my sister and my uh, brother-in-law, my two nieces, are part of this church family. And a special part of this church family, Dawn and John McGuinness, there. That's my baby sister. And so it's really special that we can worship uh, together. Uh, So I'm a Swansea girl living in Cornwall now. We've been there 12 years. And I'm up this weekend because my dad's had a hip surgery and uh, it's fantastic that we can come and be with you uh, um, this morning. I've got a verse that's sort of in my heart, and I'm going to link everything to it this morning. It's the words of Jesus, and they're found in John chapter 13 and verse 7. It's around about the time when Jesus was about to head for the cross, and there's a lot of things uh, going on that his disciples couldn't get their heads around and couldn't fully understand, and they couldn't see the full picture. Have you ever been in a situation where you there's some things you just don't quite understand at the moment and you can't quite see the bigger picture but you think there may be a bigger picture going on but you can't quite see it yet ever been there yeah and you need to know what's going on and sometimes we don't fully know what's going on uh, but one day things will become a little bit clearer and that's the whole thing about being a Christian isn't it we live by faith and not by sight we can't see it we can't work it out we can't make sense of some of the things in our life Uh, but there will come a time when we look back and we'll begin to see God's hand and say all right now I can see what you were doing and I couldn't see it at the time and I began to lose hope at the time I began to get disheartened at the time this is where the disciples were at because Jesus says one of you in this room is going to betray me. I'm heading for the cross. I'm, I'm out of here. My mission on, what? What's going on? You can't do that. You're our, our Lord. You, we're following you. You can't leave us now. What's going on? What will happen then? Says the disciples. Come on, what's going on now? You can't, you can't leave us in the dark here. What's going on? So Jesus says these words as they were uh, uh, to Peter actually as he was teaching him about the importance of washing one another's feet and talking about his betrayal and what was to come as he was heading to the cross Jesus says these words you don't understand now what I am doing but someday you will now that is really exciting news Jesus says to the disciples you don't understand now what I'm doing but someday you will. Phew! Ladies and gents, young people this morning, you may not fully understand what God is doing right now in your life, in your church, in your family, in your circumstances, in your employment, in your bank balance, but one day you will. And that's really good news for all of us. I watched the royal wedding yesterday with, uh, with lovely friends and we really enjoyed it but something stood out to me more than all the splendor and the beauty and it was the sermon I was like oh my goodness any minute now he's going to say about Jesus and Jesus even died on the cross and the power of God's love and the power that that can change the world any minute now we were on the edge of our seat and then he did we were like oh my goodness but he was black 
Now, when the commentators were talking in the build-up to the processions and all, they were saying that Meghan Markle has had a problem with being black because they said that she's mixed race. We know that, don't we? We saw her mum. We saw so many people in that invited guest list who were black. It was noticeable, wasn't it? The minority. And Meghan Markle is at a struggle, and the commentator said this, that when she filled in forms as she was growing up, you tick the box, are you white? Are you black? Are you Asian? What are you? Who are you? And the commentator said she's always struggled, well, I'm, well, I'm white and I'm black, but you only tick one box. So who am I? Well, I'm mixed race. I'm, I'm down there. And yesterday, do you know what excited me more than anything else? That... It's like as if what, as what felt like almost a curse to her at the time of her conception and her upbringing and being in, uh, from a family that now that is estranged and all of the struggles that she may have had through those years, what seemed to have been a problem to her, God used yesterday as a platform because yeah. he used the black man yeah. to preach the gospel yeah. to the world, yeah. not just to 600 in, the, in that church. To the whole world. And he was the black man. And the black man had the privilege of speaking about Martin Luther King and slavery and knocking whole racial discrimination on the head. And God took a hold of what seemed to be a problem and a curse and turned it into a blessing. And I feel like writing to Meghan Markle, I might well do it to say, don't worry about being mixed race because God took a hold of that and made it to be a special blessing for black and white and every race and every color and every creed. Because you don't understand what God is doing at the time, but one day you will. And what if, what if Meghan Markle was fearfully and wonderfully made and knit together in her mother's womb for such a time as this, for such an opportunity as that for the gospel? What if? What if God is watching over Meghan Markle? What if he is? I got a feeling that he is because he's watching over all of us. And Jesus says, you don't know what I'm doing now, but one day you will. And one day things will become clear. And reference has been made to the fact that I've only got one hand. Yeah, that's the truth. I don't normally wear a sleeveless dress, but I was feeling a bit warm today. But I'm not embarrassed about having one arm. Because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I wasn't hidden from God when I was knit together in my mother's womb. And one hand has taken me places that two hands maybe wouldn't have taken me. That's the truth. So when I say to a child, no, a shark didn't bit it off. Uh, I didn't fall through a pane of glass. Sometimes I used to make up all fa- kinds of fancy stories because I could use a bit of drama and it could be quite exciting. There's nothing very exciting. The truth is this one forgot to grow and this one remembered to grow. But what if God is taking hold of all of that now? The things that we can't fully understand and he is going to do something beautiful, not just despite of it, not like as an afterthought, but what if in his sovereign plan he, he's already at work in the ways that we can't fully understand? Because if we understood everything, we'd be God. Yeah. And we're not. And so often on reflection, we see um, God at work. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And God works behind the scenes and he brings things to light, but we don't always see it uh, at the time. There's a lovely book in the New Testament called Philippians. And uh, Paul, 
often uh, sort of, he, he, well, he, when he wrote Philippians, apparently he wrote it from Rome and he was under house arrest in Rome. And he writes the book of Philippians later in life. And he, he's, he's reflecting back. I think when you get a little bit older, you do reflect back, don't you? And you can trace things in your life and see how the path has been, the good times, the not so good times. And you see how things have woven together. Uh, and, uh, and, and we often do that, don't we? In my work, I work as a hospital chaplain. We do something that's called reflective practice. After we've had a big trauma or a major incident, any of you that work for the NHS, you might do it in your teams as well. We do a reflective practice. We look back and see what have we learned about that? How could we improve what we do? Uh, what were the good things? What were the outcomes? How can we pull together? Was there any problems, anything we need to iron out? So we do reflective practice where we look back so that we can then look forward. So we look at the problem and take hold of that problem and make it into a platform for something even better. Take hold of everything. And Paul looks back and reflects back in his life. Uh, and he writes some verses there in the, in the first chapter of Philippians. Um, chapter, uh, let me see, if, let me just read it properly rather than making it up. That's not quite so good, is it, to make it up? Verse 12. Philippians 1, verse 12. I want you to know, dear ones, what has happened to me has not hindered but helped my ministry of preaching the gospel, causing it to expand and spread to many people. Because we could look at Paul and think, oh, poor chap. He got stoned. He got beaten. And then he got shipwrecked. Oh, it's like he had bad luck, isn't it? Like, poor old bloke. And he doesn't talk about him having a family. He must have, you know, one problem after another. Poor chap. What was all that about? What was going on? He went from one situation to another. But he, he looks back and he says, do you know what? All the things that happened to me that felt like they may have hindered me actually went to push further forward the gospel in so many other places because persecution will always take the gospel further than if it's all contained. If you break a jar of perfume, it'll always spread rather than stay in the bottle, won't it? And so so shipwreck lands him on an island, lands him on a piece of, of ground he hadn't fully intended to go to, but God used the shipwreck to take him to a place that he wasn't going to go to if that hadn't happened. What if our problems take us to a place that we never thought we were going to end up in? Because that's what God is able to do. But in the middle of the shipwreck, shipwreck, nothing makes sense. Where's God then? Where's God in in my shipwrecks? Where's God in my challenges? Where's God when people are throwing stones and boulders at me? Where's God then? But you know, God is working all things out for our good and his glory if we trust in him. We can't see now, as Jesus says to the disciples, what I'm doing now, you can't fully see, but one day things will become an awful lot uh, clearer. Think of, he's writing this book of Philippians. He may have been recalling back to an incident where he was in Philippi, the people that he's writing to, in the city of Philippi, he may have been, as he's reflecting back, yeah, I went to Philippi once, where you are, and yeah, I remember actually, oh yeah, there was that young girl, and she was fortune-telling, and she came to Christ, and had a, a huge transformation, oh, 
the hassle we got for that. For doing something good, we landed ourselves in a right pickle. We were arrested. It goes to say in um, Acts chapter 16 and verse 16, we were forcefully seized. Oh, nice. Come on, we're only trying to do good. We were dragged off. We were accused, it says in, in chapter, verse 20. We were told that we were troublemakers. It, it's, it brought great confusion. Uh, people were coming against us. We were stripped and we were beaten. And then we were put in prison, but not just in a nice little prison, in the deep, dark prison. And they were locked away. And uh, it's all because they were doing something good. So he's writing this to the book of, uh, for the people in Philippians. He's recalling back. The things, but the things that happened to me have only brought about the furthering of the gospel. Because although he was locked in the prison cell in Acts chapter 16, they be, him and Silas began to praise and thank God that even in the prison that God was there, as we've heard this morning, there's no place, there's no problem too big where God isn't there. There's no place too dark where God isn't there. Because he's there. In the deepest, darkest places where you think he's not there, he's there. And he's working things out. We're just going to hang on in there because any minute now daylight is coming and you'll be out of that problem and you'll be reflecting back like Paul is saying, there was a time, do you know what, I was in a deep, dark hole and I didn't only just come out, phew, by the skin of my teeth we got out of there. No, the jailer and all his family came to Christ. There's a massive impact in that city that shook the officials, it took the, shook the town councils, shook everywhere. Like God set them free from the prison and lives were completely transformed. But it took, it took Paul's deep, dark problem to bring about that glorious outcome. Yeah. And what if your deep, dark problem brings out a glorious outcome? It might be worth it. It will be worth it if you trust and believe that, that God's on your case. It says that in verse 24 that they were undaunted by the happenings. Paul and Silas were undaunted. Hang on in there, guys, because maybe God's going to do something amazing in all of this. They were undaunted, and uh, the miracle came. Dawn and I, oh, this weekend, have been sat at my dad's bedside as he's, as he's had his hip um, replacement. First time he's ever been in hospital. First time he's had NHS food and nurses running around. But it was eight years ago when we were at my mum's bedside. And uh, it was a different story because she had cancer. And uh, she was very poorly very quickly. And it was a huge heartbreak for Dawn and I as six weeks and four days after being diagnosed with cancer, she died. Six weeks, four days, hardly enough time to get your head around what was going on. And uh, Dawn and I were supporting uh, our parents through that time. And my mum died. And the morning that she was told she was terminally ill, you know, your world falls apart. Ever been there where cancer has come into your family or a tragedy has happened to you? You think, oh, your whole world is falling apart. You don't know how you're going to carry on. And you don't know how any good... And you can't make sense of it. We can't make sense of it, can we? And um, I can remember at that time, uh, we got a visit from a hospital chaplain. Her name was Marlene. And she closed the curtains and Glenn and I and my parents, we had communion together. My mum was very poorly in bed. And we said the Lord's Prayer together. I can remember my mum saying, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, my gosh. Do you really mean that? Yes, yeah, she did. She really did. But they were heartbreaking moments as a family. Who wants that? Who wants that situation? Who can see any good in, in that when you're in that deep, dark hole? And while Marlene, the chaplain, prayed, I was watching her and I thought, God. Oh, 
Imagine, imagine bringing that comfort like you would bring. Imagine, imagine that job. Imagine how powerful these moments are where you are bringing the peace of God into our deep dark hole. And I said to God, I'd love to do that job. Random, I know. I was a stay-at-home mum raising my kids and working with Glenn in the church and I'd started a charity shop and doing all sorts. I was busy and I was fulfilled, four kids and all that sort of thing. But I said to God, oh, I'd love to do that job. Eight years on, guess what my job is? Hospital chaplain. Guess how that came about? Through my deep, dark hole. A deep, dark hole, and in those moments, I cried out to God in my deep, dark hole and say, maybe the comfort that we've received, I could be in a position to do that myself. Out of a deep, dark hole, God has put me now in a place where I can bring light and hope and help to countless people. You know, I ran a hospital choir, and I got 25 doctors, nurses, cleaners, volunteers, all gathered. I gather them in the chapel. They don't know. They come into church. They don't know they're being loved and nurtured. They don't know they're prayed for and cared for. We sing because it's like free therapy for our souls. But whoever would have thought that a deep, dark hole would bring light? Whoever would have thought that that problem would have given the platform to other things? Whoever would have thought that that deep, dark challenge would bring change? Whoever would have thought I'd have come out of that problem still in one piece? Whoever would have thought, ever been in a problem and think, I can't see a way out of this? Well, do you know what? There's good news this morning because God can see a way out. And he's working all things for his good, our good, and his glory. So Paul reflects back. And he says, do you know what? All the things that have happened, I trace God's hand. The good, the bad, and the ugly, the things that have come against me, the mean people, the things that's been said and done, the accusations, the stones, the rocks, the shipwrecks, the, all my health problems, all of those things, God is working together something beautiful for my good and for his glory. Peter says these words, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, although, although as though something strange happened to you. See, trials are not strange, but they're very weird and very difficult when you're going through them. But he goes on to say, but rejoice that you are partaking in the sufferings of Christ, so that his glory can be revealed in you. So if it was like this for Jesus, where he predicts his death and his, uh, and his trials and his betrayals, he paints a pretty bleak picture to his disciples, you know, and he says, what I'm doing now, you're not going to understand, but some, someday you will. He's predicting his death and the problems and the trials and the Garden of Gethsemane and the heartache and the sweating drops of blood as we've celebrated this morning. But he's also saying, but day is coming when there's going to be resurrection. There's a day coming when God's going to make everything new and beautiful again. So there's always a day of hope when we trust in God. There always is. Either he'll give you a way out of your problem or he'll take you through your problems the other side and bring you through with great rejoicing and put his glory in you and bring some light in it because he's always working for, for the greater good. And there's always a bigger picture. We can't see the bigger picture, but God can. Think of the story. How am I doing for time? Because I can talk quite a lot, me. <laughs> There's a story in the Old Testament, one of my favorites. I love the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. I always have. Because I'm like, yeah, been there, done it, got the T-shirt. All the ups and downs that he went through, yeah? 
all the very strange people that came into his life that gave him a lot of hassle. Yeah? Wouldn't your life be straightforward if it wasn't for strange and awkward and difficult people? Yeah? Yeah? So he was betrayed by even his brothers and thrown into a pit. But it was that pit that eventually took him to the palace. So don't worry about the pit. Because the pit may take you to the palace. It's just when you're in the pit, all you can see is the pit. You can't see the palace. Whoever would have thought you'd end up in a palace? You couldn't see that one coming, could you? His brothers couldn't see that one coming. If only his brothers knew that that betrayal was actually setting up Joseph for something far greater and far better. They wouldn't have taken that risk of putting him in a pit. Because they were far too jealous for him to be successful. They wouldn't have put him in the pit, what seemed like a nasty, cruel thing. If they knew that the outcome was good, they wouldn't have risked it. Because I don't want you to succeed. You've got an issue with you. If they'd have known the bigger picture, but thank the Lord, he knows the bigger picture and, and other people don't. And it's so beautiful. And so Joseph gets to the end of his life and he reflects back and he says these words in Genesis chapter 50, I think it is. He says these words. Do you know what? When his brothers uh, came back and uh, he showed himself to his brothers and he, he closed the doors, not to expose all of the bad things that they had done, but he closed the doors to give some privacy and to say, not to expose all that had been done because he had forgiven them. It's really hard to forgive those who betray you, isn't it? It really is. It's a tough one. But he didn't expose it. But he, he, what he did was he exposed his heart, a heart that had forgiven. Say, I, don't, I hold no ill against you. The problem actually lays in your lap. And not in mine. I've overcome it. I've moved on from there. I've gone from the pit to the palace to here to there. And I've been on a journey with God. And God's favor has been with me if you read the scriptures. And God was with Joseph. Turn the page. And God was with Joseph. Turn the page. And God was with Joseph. Turn the page. And God's favor was with Joseph. Turn the page. And God was with Joseph. You read it. It's there. He says to his brothers, actually, do you know? This is the outcome of all of this. The things that seemed like they were going to harm me actually turned out for my good. However, sometimes with the Bible, we take a verse and we just read a bit of it because that's the bit that we like and that's the bit that is appropriate. And then we don't read the rest of the bit. Okay? But the rest of the bit of that verse is so powerful because it says this. The things that seemed that they were going to harm me turned out for my good and it goes on to say then and for the saving of many souls my problem my pit turned out not just for good because then I went on to be prime minister living in a palace and everything turned out all right for me but it turned out for the saving of many souls because he fed so many people in that famine his life had a massive impact but it started in that problem where he was betrayed and misunderstood and badly treated and hurt and damaged and broken and out of that God did something beautiful not just in his own personal life but did a huge impact on so many other people what if God is willing to still do things like that in you and me because he is what if he can take hold of our disabilities our funny little ways all the things all the problems and the challenges that we have what if he's able to take hold of that and say there's a bigger picture going on here what I'm doing now you can't make much sense of but there will come a day when you will see me working all things out for your good and for my glory 
the things that you thought were going to harm you, the things that you thought were going to be the ruin of you, the end of you. Being in a pit, you think, right, any minute now a wild animal will maul me and I'll be really gone. Because we get in that pit thinking, don't we? We can't help it. We're in that way think it's just going to go from bad to worse. I can feel it. But what if it's going to go from glory to glory and you can feel it? What about if God's hand is all over it? It's just going to be a little bit patient, a little bit looking towards him, not looking into the pit, just keeping your eyes up, keeping your eyes looking at him. What if all the things in your life are working for a greater good? What if the challenges are going to bring great change? What if the problems are going to set a platform for God to work? What if? This morning, that's me. I'm standing in for my very poorly man flu husband. Well, that's what God put in my heart to bring and to share with you. My notes don't make much sense, but it's coming from my heart. It's coming from my heart because this is God's word. This is my journey. This is part of my testimony. There's been one little challenge after another. And in it all, I think, do you know what? Thank God was at work there. Ever gone for a job interview and you didn't get the job? And you think, why did I get that job? They know God had something else for you when the time was right. What's that problem doing? What's, that, what's the sense of all of that? God will make it all clear. Because he's working for our good. And he's working for his glory. There's a bigger picture. What, you, what you're experiencing now, Jesus says, you can't make much sense of. He says to the disciples, because we're all the same. We want, we want answers. We want to know. Do you like to know what's going on? Tell, just tell me, Lord, what on earth's going on? No, you're not going to know fully now, but a time will come when things are going to be clear. So thank God for that time that will come when all things will be made clear. All things will be made good. All things will be made right. Because it's for his glory. We are living for his glory. We sing it and we, we really mean it. We live it. He's working for our good and for his glory. Amen. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.